Hi, my name is Danny, and I am a horticulturalist. Welcome to my little podcast, Leaves, Stems and Roots. Season 1, Episode 11, Alternative Practices. Part 2, Aquaponics. Quote, This means that if you get it right, water is never removed from the system, making aquaponics potentially the most water-efficient food-growing technology that we have in the world today. William Leonard. Hello, my dear leaflets. I hope you enjoyed the last episode all about me. Just a bit of admin before I start. Thanks for all your kind words of encouragement and rating of the show. It really does help. If you haven't yet, please rate the show. It does help grow my audience. To help with the setup and continuing of the show, you can now subscribe. Link in the show notes. Please check out the pics. I speak off through my website, stamsleavesandroots.com and on Instagram, stems underscore leaves underscore and underscore roots underscore with underscore Danny. I hope to add some more fun things to TikTok too. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you to listen to it and interact with me with questions, comments, and yes, even criticisms. Anyway, that's enough of that. Onwards, my dear leaflets. The last few weeks of spring and then we're in summer. I have heard that it's going to be a scorcher. So looking forward to that. Not. Anyway, part two of alternative practices. We're going to mainly talk about aquaponics and then at the end, if we have some time, we will be talking a bit about greenhouses. So what is aquaponics? Definition time. Let's break it down. Aqua. Colour. A shade of blue with a tinge of green. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Which then pushes you into the thoughts of ocean. Deep blue sea ocean. Deep blue sea ocean. The Latin meaning is water, the sea or rain. In Greek, it means water. In painting, it is often named aquamarine, which is a mishmash of words. Now, this is not a linguistics show, so let's check out the definition of aquaponics, which is why we're here today. Ms. Oxford defines aquaponics as the following, a system of aquaculture in which the waste produced by farmed fish or other aquatic creatures supplies the nutrients for plants grown hydroponically, which in turn purifies the water. Thanks to its automatic recirculating system, aquaponics does not require much monitoring or measuring. Aquaponics originated, as with hydroponics, as early as the Aztecs, circa 1000 AD. There were islands known as Chinampus, which were a network of canals and islands, cultivating crops using the nutrient-rich water from the canals. This is canals, not kennels. Apologies. This is believed to be the first agricultural water system. The nutrient-rich waste materials sluice through the Chinampa canals. I'm sorry if I'm saying, I don't know if it's Chinampa or Chinampa. But anyway, it's, um, I, I apologise for my pronunciation. And the surrounding cities, and this would irrigate the plants above. Ingenious, really. Another example of this system was first seen in China. They used the rice paddies in China to introduce fish to the system. In these ancient Chinese aquaponic systems, they would mesh fish, water and ducks. The fish would be in the water, obviously, and the ducks would be housed in cages, before animal husbandry was a thing, obviously. 
Over fin fish populations, where the waste of the ducks would be processed by these fin fish, this waste would be consumed by catfish and the output of these would enrich rice paddies and other veggies. This system continues to be used with minor changes. This system evolved more in the last 35 years. Before this, fish were raised in large ponds or netted areas off the coastline. However, the introduction of the recirculating aquaculture system proved advantageous due to minimising the amount of water and increasing the fish populations. Of course, this had many disadvantages too. The biggest and most worrisome was the impacts on the biosphere due to keeping the fish healthy. In 1969, through the Alchemy Institute, the first biosphere prototype, the ARC, was built by John and Nancy Todd and William McClarney. This ARC was a self-sufficient solar-powered bio-shelter built to house and feed a family of four indefinitely. Think of any sci-fi show movie you can think of when they are stuck in an area for a long time and they have systems built like this. These shelters provided shelter, veggies and fish on a continuous loop. The 1970s brought many awesome things, including yours truly. It also saw research going into using plants as natural filters for fish waste by Dr. James Rackery at the University of the Virgin Islands. It wasn't until the mid-80s where the first closed-loop aquaponics was developed by Mark McMurty and Professor Doug Sanders. This system used sand-grown beds for veggies. The accumulation of sand and plants made biofilters to be recirculated back into the fish tanks. It was Mr McMurty's research and findings that coined the aquaponics system as we know it today. In the early 2000s, I refuse to call it the noughties, backyard aquaponics in Australia really took off. Poor soils, lack of water and the push for environmentally better systems helped with this. Joel Malcolm, who resides in Perth, ingeniously set up a company to sell systems to homeowners as it was going to take over the world. I was working with a gardener back then who had a fantastic setup in his backyard. He actually made it himself and tweaked it over the time. It was amazing and his veggies tasted yum. He had a rather big system, but I have seen them on smaller scales. I'm quite fascinated with them and over time I would like to do something similar at the school. Watch this space. Listen to this space? Anyway, you know what I mean. William Leonard tweaked the system over time. He proved that the best balance of the plants to fish can be achieved and that the same water can be used, which was a game changer. And as he said, quoted above, this means that if you get it right, water is never removed from the system, making aquaponics potentially the most water-efficient food-growing technology that we have in the world today. This also means that aquaponics exponentially decrease the environmental impact more than any other fish farming. Aquaponics has also done wonders for developing countries with increasing their productivity and reducing the waste in their waters. This will also be a game changer for selling produce to tourists without embarking on their own personal food stores. In Bangladesh, university professors are trying to set up aquaponic systems cheaply and chemically free. This will help in salinity high areas. There are three main types of aquaponic systems. All three derive from the hydroponic systems we talked about in episode 9. 
briefly, these are the nutrient film technique, NFT, deep water culture, DWC, and media beds. Media beds use a few substrates in an ebb and flow process, whereas NFT is a very thin layer of water and the DWC grow directly into the water. I went through this system fully in episode nine. The obvious difference would be the adding of the fish using that as the filtration system. So what system is the usual one for the backyard? The most used, the most efficient and water saving and easiest one to use is the deep water culture system or raft system. However, it's not as simple as just having the system. There are a few things you need to manage to get the best out of this. You need to have a symbiotic relationship with water, plants and fish. And in order to achieve this, you must be aware of the following. Air temperature, water temperature, the concentration of macro and micronutrients, dissolved oxygen in the air and water, which depends on the filtration method used, CO2 concentrations in air and the water, pH and light. Of course, once these are achieved, your goal of having an ideal setup can be achieved and with everything, the better these are met, the better quality of productivity. Keeping an eye on these can also prevent insects, disease and pollutions. Also achieving the balance between fish waste and veggie nutrients is as important. Okay, okay, this sounds like a giant ad for aquaponics. Let's talk disadvantages. If you're looking for an easy system to grow fish and veggies, it's not that simple. But then, is anything? If you want a proper system, these can set you back anywhere between 2 and 15 grand. Yes, these are backyard jobs. Just imagine what it would cost in a commercial situation. However, there are YouTube tutorials and websites to show you how to set up simpler and more budget-friendly systems. I will have links of these in the show notes. And as I said before, a mate of mine had a great setup in his backyard and he used bits and bobs from his garden shed. Another could be disadvantage is that you need to know a bit about plants and fish. You need to understand the marriage between the two and how to maintain all of the above parameters. It's not something you can just walk away from. It does require daily management. Remember, we're not maintaining only plants here. We're maintaining fish and whatever Kurt Cobain says in that song, they most definitely have feelings. If one component fails, the whole setup may fall apart, which ends up being very costly. Also, the aquaponic system isn't enough to ensure the fish have an adequate diet, so they need to be supplemented with food, which can be another cost. I think most of the disadvantages are common sense, and with anything like this, it needs to be thoroughly researched to see if you are equipped for it. Even the homemade systems can be time-consuming to begin with due to maintaining that balance and cost. Also, with energy resources you will need. So that's all I'm going to talk about on the subject for now. I'm now going to talk briefly about greenhouses. They are wonderful in the backyard. I'm in the midst of rebuilding one and hopefully my little seedlings will go in there. My neighbour has a wonderful setup he has for his orchids. When I worked at the nursery, we had about six of the longish ones, you know, the gigantic ones, so probably housed about... I know, 300 to 400 
14 centimeter pots and they were all on like trestle tables with a great watering system. I also remember at uni, one of my jobs was maintaining the watering system, which I think I talked about in a previous episode. Greenhouses can be small or large. They can be expensive or cheap from Bunnings or erected by professionals. They all, but they all have the same components, really. Most other systems we have talked about in the last two episodes about hydroponics and aquaponics are set up in a greenhouse type situation. Using a greenhouse helps maintain air and water temperature, allowing you to get a better yield. It's also good to have a greenhouse throughout the year so you can grow seedlings better. And depending on where you are in the country, ensuring they grow. But not all greenhouses have to be hoity-toity in the way of having a setup to maintain temperature and water. These can be manually added, as in the sun. <laughs> this will heat the outside to keep your planties growing. But you still have to make sure they are maintained. A few years ago, I was at a client and they forgot about their plants in their greenhouses. It had been a very hot, humid summer and the condensation obviously was not enough to hydrate the poor lilies and the horror which beheld us. I wake up screaming some nights. Anyway, with any of these, you need to do your own research and ensure you have the know-how and determination to make it work. Next time, I'll be talking about permaculture Did you know that some people call it a cult? Last week with the kids, we used cotton balls and pool noodles to concoct our own hydroponic systems. Very exciting times. If you check out Instagram, I'll have photos up. So what do I have growing in my garden? I have tomatoes and strawberries, and at the moment they are looking so healthy. I did have cucumbers, but they were eaten. So that's disappointing. If you follow me on TikTok, you would have seen a video of me removing seeds from clivia stems. It was given, I was given instructions from a client in how to do this properly. So I have these in my kitchen at the moment doing their thing. And I will continue talking about clivias through my TikTok. All the other um, seeds I've extracted from different plants. I'm also, I've also got potato in some water well actually it's a sweet potato and I'm hoping to grow that in the next few probably months does take a while I had one a few years ago I called him Bob and I was able to get quite a few stems off him so this one is Bob (laughs) 2.0 or 2.0 probably more so I also have some broccoli just drying out at the moment so I can extract the seeds. And I also have a avocado seed producing a very long root and I am going to have to plant it soon. Thanks for listening. Until next time, toodaloo. All sources pertaining to this episode will be in the show notes, or you can find them through my website, stemsleavesandroots.com. All media pertaining to this episode will be in the show notes. Please follow through Instagram, and we now have a Facebook group. Please remember to rate and review, and remember to pull up your plants so we can get dirty. Blop, blop. Blop, blop.